many of us, maybe all of us, were ready to turn the page on 2020. And I know there's nothing magical that happens when the clock strikes midnight on New Year's Eve. I know that not all our problems magically go away, but there is something symbolic uh, about going from one year to the next. And it calls to mind uh, goals and re uh, resolutions and plans uh, for the next year to make things better. And we have done that as a church family. We have decided that in this new year, 2021, we are going to be focusing on prayer. On the power of prayer. I believe this is a praying church. You know, I can't even count the number of you uh, who have come to me and said, Joseph, I pray for you. Some of you have even told me that you pray for me every day. Now, that's amazing to me, and it's humbling. I have somebody from this church family who calls me once a month and says, how can I pray for you on this day? And I've seen Facebook posts from many of you asking for prayers for this need or that, and I'm overwhelmed at the number of comments that I see from many people, but from many people in this church family, in this congregation who write on there and who say, I will be praying for you or for this need. And I don't think those are hollow words. I think when you say that, you mean it. I think that you follow through on that pledge to pray for people. This is a praying church. But we can be even more prayerful. And maybe you think I'm a praying individual, but I, I, have, I don't believe I've ever met a Christian who has said, yes, I am satisfied with my prayer life. Yes, I am happy with the amount of time that I spend in prayer. Yes, I believe that I am faithful enough, that I am fervent enough, that I am frequent enough in my life of prayer. There is always room for improvement. We can always be more prayerful. And that is our aim as a church family in 2021. We want to focus on the power of prayer. And our theme verse is James chapter 5, verse 16. And in fact, it's just the second half of that verse. And I've got it up here on the screen for you. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Maybe some of you are more, more familiar with how the old King James renders that. The effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. That's how you grew up hearing it. But this is the ESV. And, and this is the version that I'm using this morning. And, and I'd like for you, just I want to make sure you're awake. And this is for you at home as well. I'd like for you to say this with me, would you? Let's say this portion of James chapter 5, 16 together. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Let's do that again, because I think you can, you can do that even better. Here we go. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Very good, church. Thank you. James chapter 5, 16. We want to commit that verse to memory this year. You could commit that verse to memory today. Maybe you already have. It's, it's not uh, very difficult to memorize these powerful words. And I believe the boiled down message of this verse, if we were to reduce this just to two words, it would be prayer works. Prayer works. Prayer 
is effective. Prayer affects change. Now how, I do not know. It's very mysterious to me how this works. How our prayers could possibly change the heart and move the hand of a changeless, all-powerful God who already knows the future. I don't know how it works, but I believe by faith that it's true because the Bible tells me so. That prayer is powerful, that it works. It is not a garnish to adorn our faith. Like you might put a sprig of parsley on a fancy dish in a, in a restaurant. It's not that. And it's not a ritual activity required of us. Just something we are obligated to do every day. Though we should make a habit out of it. And that is our goal this year. To be more habitual in our prayer. But it's more than just an activity that we're required to do. There is power in prayer. And I believe if we want to live a full and faithful life, if we want to experience all that God has planned for us, if we want to live in a way that truly honors Him, we cannot not pray. We cannot not pray. I'm reading a book about prayer right now. And the author in the first chapter talks about a particularly difficult season in his life where he became convicted of the need for him to pray more. He was a minister in New York City around the time of 9-11 that plunged not just that city, but our whole nation into sort of a collective depression, even as we came together and rallied. And then he talks about in his own personal life, his wife began to deal with the effects of Crohn's disease, and he was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. And he says, one day, my wife came to me and said, we We've got to start praying more. In fact, I believe we need to pray every evening together. Because we are not going to make it through what we're facing if we don't pray. And he said they, they, they just finally understood the gravity of the importance of prayer. And they began to commit to praying together as a couple every night. And he says, it's been 12 years ago. More than 12 years ago, they decided to do that. He said, I don't think we've missed an evening in all those years, even when we've been in different hemispheres. We've called each other and we've prayed together. Likewise, if we don't pray, we are not going to make it through what we are facing in this life. We won't. We cannot face the difficulties of life by our own strength, using our own resources. We need power from on high. We need prayer. You know, there's one part of this verse, or this portion of the verse that gives us pause, and it's this part. The prayer of a righteous person. The prayer of a righteous person. Maybe we read that and we think, well, that, that must exclude me. That seems like a special category of Christian. I don't consider myself a righteous person. Because I'm not like, well, some of the people I read about in the scriptures, I'm not like Hannah. Do you remember Hannah in 1 Samuel chapter 1 in the Old Testament? Who could not have children and so she prayed fervently and faithfully that God would bless her with a son? And she even made a deal with God. She said, God, if you'll give me a son... I will give him back to you. I will devote him to your service. Well, I'm not like her. 
Or I'm not like King Hezekiah that we read about in 2 Kings, chapters 19 and 20. I preached about Hezekiah just this last year. Hezekiah, who was the king of Judah, who was under the threat, he and his people, of the Assyrians. The Assyrians had already taken over the northern tribe of Israel, the kingdom there. And they were knocking on the door of Judah. They threatened uh, the, the great and powerful empire of Assyria, threatened the livelihood of God's people, Judah. And Hezekiah got down on his knees and he prayed that God would deliver his people from the hands of the Assyrians. And then a little bit later, Hezekiah was deathly ill. He was on his deathbed. And the prophet Isaiah came to him and said, this is a word from the Lord. You will not recover from this illness. But that didn't stop Hezekiah from praying. He prayed to the Lord. And in his prayer, he appealed to his own devotion and faithfulness to God. He asked that God would heal him. And before Isaiah could get out of the palace courts, God spoke to him and said, go back to Hezekiah and say, I have heard your prayer and I will answer and I will heal. I'm not like Hezekiah. Or Elijah, James mentions Elijah in chapter 5. In fact, the next couple verses after our theme verse. James says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it didn't rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. Elijah prayed that there would be no rain, and there was no rain. And then he prayed for rain, and then there was rain. I'm not like Elijah, that powerful man of God, that prophet. Well, let me tell you a couple things about this phrase in the verse, the prayer of a righteous person. First of all, what I want to say to you, if you're a baptized believer, if you're a Christian, then you are righteous because God has made you that way by His grace through your faith. Like Abraham, you have believed on him and he has counted that to you as righteousness. Not by anything that you've done. In fact, you've done nothing to earn this righteousness that has been bestowed upon you as a Christian. And you've done nothing to deserve it. But what the scriptures say, Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, For our sake, he made him, Jesus, to be sin, who knew no sin. So that in Him, we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus was cloaked in our sin at the cross. So that we could be cloaked in God's righteousness. So righteousness has been, we often say, imputed to you and me, to us. As baptized believers by virtue of our faith and God's grace. So you are righteous. Not by anything that you've done, but because God has made you that way. But second, it's important that we mention that we should pursue righteous living. We should, as James says, draw near to God. We should cleanse our hands and purify our hearts. But even as we seek to live righteously, we acknowledge that there is no such thing as moral perfection as people living on this broken planet We'll never reach perfection, but that shouldn't stop us from our quest for righteousness. We aim to walk in the light. As John says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, like Hannah in the Old Testament, 
like King Hezekiah, like the prophet Elijah, like any other figure that you could think of from the Scriptures, or even beyond the time of the Bible, a faithful believer that you can think of from history, anyone that you can think of had a nature like yours, like mine. That's what James says in James chapter 5, verse 17 about Elijah. It's true of Hannah and Hezekiah. These were not perfect people. They were imperfect people who served a perfect God, a God who worked through them in spite of their imperfections. They were ordinary people whom God used to do extraordinary things. We are ordinary people and God can use us likewise to do extraordinary things if we are seeking to live righteously and acknowledging that God has made us righteous by the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. So if you're a faithful Christian, not perfect, but faithful, aiming to live righteously as you have been made righteous, then your prayer works. We said earlier, prayer works. But let's be more specific. Your prayer works. Your prayer has the power to change things. Your prayer is effective. In the book of James alone, God, James reminds us that God answers prayers to grant wisdom. It says, if you don't have wisdom, pray for it, and God will generously provide. Chapter 1, verse 5. God will answer prayers to help the suffering, chapter 5, verse 13, to heal the sick, chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, and to forgive sins, confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. That's the first part of James chapter 5, verse 16. So in 2021, I want to pray like I believe that prayer works. I want to pray like I believe that. But if you're like me, then there is a gap between your beliefs on prayer and your practice of prayer. If you're like me, your practice lags behind your belief. You have some strong convictions about prayer and how powerful it is. But your prayer life Practice of prayer doesn't always reflect what you believe about prayer. Well, our aim is to close the gap between what we believe about prayer and our lives of prayer. I want to pray like I actually believe that prayer makes a difference, that it's powerful. I believe prayer is powerful because God is powerful. The God to whom we pray in heaven is powerful, and I want to pray like it. So let me tell you a few ways that we will, as a church family, emphasize prayer in 2021. First of all, and you've already seen this, we will be putting out a weekly prayer handout. Now, for the past few years, we've put out a handout once a month. We put it out there and it had assignments on it and birthdays and a prayer list. But I'm going to be honest with you, I often neglected to go through that prayer list and to pray for those folks by name. Well, we thought we could emphasize prayer in a greater way if we made a prayer list available to you each week. So we're going to have it out there in the lobby each week. As you come in, you can grab a bulletin and this prayer list. If you receive the bulletin by email, if you're one of the 300 plus who gets our weekly email with the bulletin, this will be attached along with the bulletin. And so you can access it from your computer, or your laptop, or your phone. 
Now on this prayer list, there are several categories, and these might change as we go throughout the year. Members and friends to remember. People dealing with cancer, because that is such a scourge on our society. So many that we know and love deal with cancer. Those who are homebound, our shut-ins, we don't want to forget about them and neglect them. Families who are grieving losses, special requests, ongoing health problems. And also there's a section at the bottom where we're going to praise God for answered prayers. We're going to celebrate when we discern that God has answered our prayers. So I want to challenge you. We want to challenge you. Take this or open it up on your phone and spend some time and work through this list and pray for these folks by name. And you might even be compelled to reach out to some of these people. Maybe to send a text and say, hey, I just want to check on you and ask how you're doing. Or I just want to let you know I have been praying for you or I have prayed for you today. Or maybe you want to pick up a pen and a note card and write a note to somebody and say, I just want you to know I am praying for you. A weekly prayer handout every, uh, made available every week this year. And if you want to add anybody to that list, you can call the church office, you can call me or Alex or one of the elders, send an email, and we will add uh, your prayer request to this list. Now, at the top of this weekly prayer handout is what we're calling a weekly prayer prompt. And this week, you see that the prompt as we kick off the new year is the strength to keep the faith every day. And our weekly prayer prompt is what we want to challenge you to be praying about every day in a week. And so this week is just about asking God to give us strength to commit, to keep the faith every day, regardless of what 2021 will bring. Because if 2020 taught us anything, it's that we have very little control over our circumstances. We do not know what the future holds, but we can commit to no matter what, live faithfully each day. And that's what we want to pray about this week. Now, in a couple weeks, when it's, you know, inauguration day, uh, when there's a, a shift in government and Congress and so forth, maybe we, we will pray for our country and for our elected leaders. Maybe that's our prayer prompt for the week. Maybe looking ahead when it's Mother's Day or Father's Day, maybe our prayer prompt will be for our families, that God would strengthen our mothers and fathers and parents, our nuclear families. You get the picture. Every week, there will be a prayer prompt. It'll be available on this handout. We'll also put it out on social media on our Facebook page for you to see as well. Now, tonight, I will be on Facebook at 6 o'clock, Facebook Live. And I'm just going to have a prayer with whoever would like to join me from this congregation or elsewhere uh, about our, our prayer prompt for the week. A prayer to kick off the week with you, asking God to give us strength to live by faith every day. And I don't know if that will always be on Sunday night. We'll see how that goes. And if we need to shift it to a different day, a different time, then we will. But 6 o'clock tonight, Facebook Live from our church page. I'll be on there just for 5 to 10 minutes and have us a prayer to get ready for the week. We will be preaching about prayer throughout the year. We'll be singing about prayer in our worship assemblies. And there will probably be more to come as well. These are just a few of the ways that we're going to focus on the power of prayer in this new year. You know, as we look back on the figures from Scripture 
that we mentioned earlier, God answered the prayers of each of the folks we mentioned. Hannah prayed fervently for a son. God provided a son. Samuel, who became a great prophet of the Lord. Hezekiah, he prayed that God would protect his people from the onslaught of the Assyrians, and God did. He kept the Assyrians at bay, prevented them from invading the land of Judah. Hezekiah, as I said earlier, prayed for physical healing, and he was healed. And Elijah prayed for no rain and then for rain, and God answered those prayers. And I believe, I believe that we are going to see some prayers powerfully answered in this new year, in 2021. Why? Because prayer works. Because it is effective. Because the prayer of righteous people has great power as it is working. And there's no better way that I can think of to kick off this year than to have a prayer with you right here and right now. Would you bow your head and close your eyes as we go to our Heavenly Father in prayer? Father, we praise you as we pause to approach your throne. And we thank you for all the ways you've blessed us. We're thankful we can be together. We're thankful we can worship you on this special day, this first day of the week. We're thankful for your son who lived and died and rose again. We're thankful for prayer. And we pray that you would be with us in this new year as we focus, as we emphasize prayer, as we aim to be more prayerful, more fervent and faithful and frequent in our lives of prayer. Help us to that end, O oh God. Help us to be more committed to praying, to praying faithfully, to praying confidently, to praying boldly, to praying expectantly, knowing that you hear us and that our prayers are powerful because we serve you, a powerful God. Help us to be more prayerful. Help us just to rely on you more. Help us to be more devoted to you, to trust you in greater ways throughout this year. And we thank you most of all for your son, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. I love this quote. It's an old quote from Samuel Chadwick. He says, the one concern of the devil is to keep the saints from prayer. He says, he fears nothing from prayerless studies, from prayerless work, from prayerless religion. He doesn't fear our activity. He doesn't fear our service if it's divorced from a reliance upon God and prayer. Samuel Chadwick says, he laughs at our toil. He mocks at our wisdom, but he trembles when we pray. He trembles when we pray. When we get to praying, the devil gets to shuddering. So let's get to praying this week. Let's get to praying today. Let's get to praying this year. Today, as we always do, we want to offer an invitation. And this is not my invitation, it's God's invitation. And it's not an invitation made only to the people in this room. It's made to those down the hall made to those who may be listening or watching at home. In fact, I have a slide up here with our church office number. If you have a need, if you're struggling in any way, call us this week. We're open from 8 to 3. Give us a ring. Talk to us. Let us know how we can pray for you. I have my personal email up here. 
Yes, I still use Hotmail. Yes, I set it up when I was 16 years old. But if you can get over how lame that is, then send me an email and let me know what's going on with you and let me know how I can pray for you. Or send Alex an email or call us or call one of the elders. Reach out to us in some way because our prayer, my prayer, is that today or sometime very soon, if you have not put on Christ in baptism, if you have not given your life to Him, made Him the Lord of your life, then you will do that. You'll come and repent of your sins, confess His beautiful name and be buried in water so those sins can be washed away if you're struggling in any way spiritually and you need the prayers of this church family, then we invite you to come. We invite you to reach out. If you're here with us, then you can come right now as we stand and sing together.